You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. I am your host, Rob Gross. Tonight on the podcast, or this morning, whenever you're listening to it, or next year, or whenever, I'm very excited to announce my guest to the show to talk about Nine Inch Nails, which has been the most requested band to talk about other than the Red Hot Chili Peppers, we, we can get into in another second. But I'm going to introduce to you Alina Akhmaldalina, who works with me at my current job, and uh, but also very excited to welcome her to the podcast, mostly because one, she is an absolutely amazing human being, two, she is an, an aficionado on all things Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor, and three, in her native Russia, it's currently her birthday. So happy birthday and welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast, Alina. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me, and um, thank you for the birthday wishes. <laughs> it is your birthday in Russia now, right? Well, technically, yes. Yes, yeah. it is. So, yeah, you're actually the second person to say happy birthday to me, so thank second. you. Second? <laughs> what the... F- who, who was first? What the fuck? Well, my drunken girlfriend called me like a 2pm hour time, and she was like, are you awake? Are you awake? I'm drinking. It's your birthday. <laughs> All right, oh fair. my God. I'm like, what? Yes, it's 2 p.m. What's happening? She's like, it's a birthday. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's, that's so, very, but, that's uh, very yeah. nice. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you on to talk yeah, about this. Yeah, it was this. very nice. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm stoked because like I was saying, is that the most requested bands to, to, to talk about on the podcast have been Nine Inch Nails and your other favorite, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It seems that there is no lack of people that want to talk to me about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but you came first. Yeah, you beat them all to the punch. Yay, I was the first one. Very you exciting. Were. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. And, and mostly because you, myself, and Trent Reznor all share a target, I felt that it was more appropriate that we did this one. Oh my God! It, it seriously, Rob. After you told me that, and then you ran into him at my Target that I go to, mm-hmm. and I've never seen him. Like I'm telling you, I already have a comp outside of the place. <laughs> We've seen him. Still, never ran into him. Yeah, what we, the heck? We saw him twice. Just like you know, his just walking away, had you know, bag in each hand, like like a normal human being. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely didn't want to go bother him. Um, I don't want to be that Do guy. You- like hey, I met you in 2005 when we worked. <laughs> together yeah that's not that's not gonna happen at all but most importantly did you see what he was shopping for I'm kidding. no no i didn't it's like totally joking. it's so predictable when you see like that that i always, I always think of that photo of glenn, of glenn danzig walking out of like um it's actually i think it's the the pet store right next to it's like right by that target like within like a mile, half mile and glenn danzig's walking out with all this kitty litter so I always just assume that every, you know, like every dark brooding <laughs> rock star I see at the, the store is buying cat shit. I'm pretty certain I, as much as I would love to work with him, I'm not sure if I want to meet him really in real life. You know, I like I met him. I met him a few times on the With Teeth tour. We did some. We did. They played the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York two nights, and the first night was very heavy With Teeth material, and the second night was basically. I, I don't have the set list in front of me, but it was. It felt like they played about half the Fragile, so it was so fucking amazing. 
but we did Ugh. we did like sound check meet and greets before each show and Trent couldn't have been any nicer like he could not have been any more and he was so mad at Interscope at the time he wanted to be off the label but he was still so nice to his fans it was honestly Jordy who was a total asshole to everybody and I've known Jordy White since I was 12 years old and he has been no shit. a dick <laughs> the entire time <laughs> like, so it was some like yeah he's going to be a dick and he was so it's uh yeah he he's he's just not I mean, maybe he's nice to the people that like him or I I don't know, but he's just never been the nicest dude. Oh, that's not it's like, you know, how much does it take to be nice? Really? It's not uh, it's not that difficult, right? Super easy. Way easier. I don't think it is. Just like make a little (laughs) easier than you thought. Yeah. Make a a little, (laughs) you know, if you and I can be nice to people, it's I'm pretty sure that anybody can be nice to anybody. Although, I mean, I got to tell you lately, with everything going on. <laughs> yeah, this year just needs I'm to like... get to the end. Come on. I know. So, it can be over it, you know? Totally, totally. All right, so let me ask you, because I am so curious to know this because of, how you know, your whole story of how, you know, you, you, came, you came here from Russia, and now I think it's 12 years ago. And the most interesting part about talking to, talking to you specifically about music is that there are certain things that didn't make it to where you are because you're not, maybe you want to talk a little bit about the town you're from and how you came to learn about the band because you're not from Moscow. You're not from St. Petersburg. You're from a smaller town. So it's, it's, you only got fragments of what. Very small. Tell us about it. How did you figure, how did you discover the band being from where you're from? Well, it's going to sound very funny, just like really quick recap, you know, was born and raised in a small town in the south of Russia, which is, I don't know, population, God, not a lot of people. I think it's like two or three hundred thousand people. So mm-hmm. it's not very big. And uh, yeah, at the time, you know, like in the 90s, all this music started coming in because obviously we have radio station and then, you know, MTV became so we had russian mtv i think it was around 98 99 so that was a big thing so obviously all the music videos and that's how i basically got uh you know discovering all this amazing music while my girlfriend's still listening to this like russian boy bands and then <laughs> you know i want to talk about like, that <laughs> Oh my God, it's just, it's it's crazy. Like, it's just some crazy stuff. And then, you know, you're watching like all this amazing, like Marilyn Manson, that was like at the time, 98, 99, he's like super hot, like big star, you know, like yeah. watching all this music videos and you're like, wow, wow, there's like a whole world out there. And yeah, I mean, I know it sounds kind of like what, but you know, we just got MTV in Russia back then. And um, yeah, I was just like watching it all the time and they actually played music there. <laughs> so... Right, right, go on. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, I, uh, I realized that if I tune in anytime past 11 p.m., they just playing like cooler, non-mainstream music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I like started discovering like all the school bands and, you know, Nine Inch Nails, Placebo, you know, Radiohead and like, you know, you name it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. But I have to say that with Nails, you know, obviously, like I listened to them and, you know, for a while now. And I'm not going to be the only person who's going to say like, hey, they just like got me through so much stuff in my life, like totally. Mm -hmm. But 
back in Russia, like keep in mind, I did not speak any English. So I learned English right. when I moved to US. <laughs> so to me, like I would like the song and the music, like basically I like certain stuff for the music solely, right? And then like I had to like figure out there was like this magazine that's kind of like equivalent to Rolling Stones here but like Russian version of it. Okay. And they would just write all these articles in Russian, like interviews with the stars. And sometimes they would print out this like popular like rock songs with like Russian translation. So, and that's how I kind of like figure out what the song is all about, you know? Because we're talking about, this is like pre-internet. Right, right, of course. This is like pre, like, you know, we didn't even have a computer at the house. Like, mm. we didn't have, a, like, a landline phone. Forget computer, you know? Wait, no, no you, so you, that's you, like, you didn't have a landline phone? Oh, my God, no. We got it, like, in 2001, I think, or something. Wait, this is amazing. Like, wait, wait. Pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, hey, l- listen, I'm, I, I, I do this to learn, and now I'm learning. Um <laughs> But the, but that that's amazing that and that's that's always something that I thought about is that when like I keep I've brought this up on every episode and I I, I don't care it's because it, it was super pivotal pivotal to my upbringing is that there were these two VHS tapes when I was a kid it was Guns N' Roses live from the Egg Dome in Tokyo oh. and and it's it's honestly other than Axl Rose's horrible outfit changes it's got to be one of the most epic show set lists ever it's insane it, it's four hours it's a, they they literally played their entire catalog a bunch of covers. It's unbelievable. But what always got me was that that was my first exposure. I was like maybe 11 or 12 of seeing another country's audience completely non-English speaking, singing along to every word. Yeah. And I, I yeah. That, even to this day, that's such a, you know, with some of the bands that you and I work with together that are really big in, in Eastern Europe and Russia and Japan and then seeing them sing all the words on these videos that we get back and it's like I know they don't speak a word of English but they're singing along like it, it, like they would hear it's amazing it's amazing to watch that it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool feeling but here's here's a little thing <laughs> you know while I'm growing up listening to all these bands and music I was like okay I really love it and then you know like with internet obviously later on I could like looked it up, what that means. Meanwhile, originally I legitimately liked the music just for the actual music, right? Right. So, and you know, later I was like, okay, yeah, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And I remember this like little revelation when I moved to the US and like, I've been living here for a few years now and this like old song, um, okay, do not judge, but Boiling Biscuit, <laughs> on the radio no judgment judgment. so okay i mean okay i'm gonna that was like song no sex and Mm -hmm. i liked it so much growing up i was like oh my god the music is amazing it's so great i'm loving it and then i listened to the lyrics and i was like oh my god what is this I was like, that was like my whole childhood was a lie. What is this? <laughs> well, it's, but... it's, it's funny you say that because now, even now, when I go back to translate the lyrics of like Rammstein songs and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Rammstein is so much better <laughs> in German. It's so much better in German. It's like, you know what? Let's just keep the, I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Love it. 
No, totally. But thankfully, that was not the case with Nine Inch Nails. No, of course. So, <laughs> and um, yeah, I and then I finally moved here. So I actually have a pretty fun story. Is um, so I moved here in the summer. Here, I first lived in Florida for about a year before moving to Los Angeles. Mm. Don't ask me why. <laughs> was not <laughs> in my plans. It just happened this way. It's good life experience. Oh, God, seriously. <laughs> and, um, you know, obviously, like, I'm new to this country. Like, I don't speak the language. I got, like, some, I came for, like, you know, on some, like, summer student thing. And um, I had, like, a job at the store that was selling, like, swimsuits and, you know, like, stuff for the beach. Mm -hmm. Basically, like, T-shirts and, like, crappy stores, like, in, you know yeah in uh in florida um oh i know them well and i remember i've been here for like so i was in st pete florida which is you know out there <laughs> right out yeah, there it is right out there and that was about the time when um the slip came out mm. and uh, i remember i was like listening to that like extensively and a lot i was like oh my god like it's so amazing like blah blah and then I randomly see that Nine Inch Nails actually is on tour and, you know, they're going to be playing in Orlando, which is like a few hours away from where I was. Right. Meanwhile, I have no car, no money. <laughs> <laughs> so I somehow ended up getting like a hundred bucks. Like you think like I opened like a credit card at the bank and my credit limit was like literally a hundred dollars. I'm oh not joking. Oh my God. Yeah. So that was enough money to buy like a ticket which was like i think around like 60 bucks or something to mm -hmm. the show and then the rest of the money went into greyhound bus ticket that was before i knew what is greyhound bus because oh, i thought it's just no. a normal bus i mean so <laughs> yeah i was i was pretty excited so you know the day came i jump on the greyhound bus it's normally like a few hours away but like you know it took us like seven hours on the bus from oh, like St. Pete to Orlando God. with all kinds of weirdos on a bus. So I was like totally freaking out, barely speaking language. And then I got to Orlando and honestly, that was like the most exciting feeling when you're like standing outside. That's like my first big, you know, US show. Because mm. I just like arrived like month, month and a half prior. And um, yeah, it was just like amazing. Like, you know, when you look at the live show and you really like the artist, it's just like you can't even describe how you feel inside. And especially for somebody, you know, like me who came from like not only like a small town, but like also like another country. Right. And keep in mind, like, you know, Moscow, I'm like three hour flight from Moscow. So it's like very south of Russia. So there's like not whole a lot of artists were coming to Moscow, but definitely nobody was coming and playing in my hometown. So yeah, that was just like beyond just dream. That's, know, that's amazing. It, that, that, it's, it's really amazing. And also I am, you know, I grew up in Florida and it's, uh, <laughs> and it's seven hours from St. Pete to Orlando is like, you could have walked there in that time. Like it's oh my god! It's only yes. like sixty miles. Like it's like an easy. Sh it, literally, it's a straight shot. You get on I four and just go east, and then you're in Orlando. So I don't know what the fuck you guys are well, doing you know for seven why, hours. 
because they like it stops all the time it's mm-hmm. like picking up people we were making so many stops and um you know so yeah i went to the show it was like absolutely amazing like i think i cried i just could not believe i'm there by myself you know just like not like knowing a word and well i i think i knew like a couple of simple things but you know yeah and uh yeah that was like my first um you know nanish nails and like a big show in u.s experience and i was just like you know forever gonna be in my memory i have now seen them i think seven times since which is which is nothing compared to your pearl jam no but but but, but to say that you've seen a band seven times in 12 years that doesn't exactly tour like you know pearl jam does or or did when when they toured more that's really it's really amazing i mean that's also it doesn't hurt living in la that definitely helps with the amount of shows we get when you know in normal times but yeah, that's I didn't know that. That's an incredible story. Like that's like that like I think the perspective of that taking a step back and looking at what you did in that like month and a half, two month period is really phenomenal. To come Yeah, from, well it really is. I mean, it was absolutely amazing and honestly I was like, okay, I'm at the right place. I mean, not Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the fact that I've seen one of my favorite bands it was just like beyond but the story didn't end there on the way back like because it was again 2008 this presidential election obviously the big one when you know Obama became president right uh on the way back they stopped the Greyhound bus and like basically the immigration stopped the bus and they were just like you know and I was like riding with all kinds of weirdos like there's like a person fully covered in blood and I was like what is going what? on <laughs> yeah like super weird and then like I find out later, then everyone's like, Alina, you should never take Greyhound no. bus, especially in Florida. I was like, oh, I thought it's just like a normal bus. And well, like, you, no. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think in theory, it's just a normal bus. But I think because it is so inexpensive, it just it, it, there's a connotation now, you know, for sure. Like anywhere on a Greyhound station is never a good area. Greyhound nope. bus is just not a good place. <laughs> it's just not good. Like you just... You want to like public transportation, but that just sours you on the whole fucking thing. No, definitely. But, you know, also I'm like totally fresh off the boat. I was like, oh, I came to America and then the Chanel's plane. I go. It's nice. You know? <laughs> well, it was right. Like everything else was it great. It was amazing. Yeah. But on the way back, so immigration ended up stopping the bus and they started checking everyone's papers. And at the time I wasn't between visas, you know, mm-hmm. Um and you know i and i freaked out because i never had to deal with them before long story short they ended up taking me off the bus of all of the people even the bloody guy they let the bloody guy go i can't believe this because you know they come up to you and they were like oh you know like where were you from oh no they ask like what city were you born and i'm like Clearly, I'm not from here. Like, right, can you right. tell? I was like, yeah, I'm from, uh, you know, New Orleans. Can't <laughs> <laughs> put on a really good accent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they ended up taking me out of the bus and just like holding me for a few hours. And, oh you know, God. I had to like explain them. I'm like applied for like my student visa, but I'm still waiting. And, you know, they checked everything. I was fine. They like let me go. But, that was definitely, you know, made me so nervous. But 
you know, other than that, it was amazing, amazing first experience. Even, you know, never mind that like little hiccup at the end <laughs> where I was like, am I getting to sit back? Like, I mean, can, you, can you imagine you came here, you're here for a month and a half, you go see Nine Inch Nails and on the way back, you get sent back to Russia. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, they wouldn't, but you know, it's, it was just like a little bit, especially I was like barely got 20. Wow. You know? So I was, I was just like, I was like, what is going on? Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh, that, that's just crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So, um, I'm, I'm curious to know, cause you mentioned obviously the slip is that first record that you got when you were here and you connected with it. But if you look at the whole breadth of the Nine Inch Nails catalog, what's your favorite record? What's your favorite song? Ah, uh, oh my God. This is very, very difficult questions. And it is. like, I, I, I can, okay. I can name one, you know, because obviously the downward spiral is absolute masterpiece, mm -hmm. but I also really, really love pretty hate machine. I'm not going to lie. No, I mean, there's no, th that record basically did it all. That was the one that set, it got him signed to a major label. It, 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 that it's a masterpiece. It is. It really is. I mean, you know, as long as the song goes again, extremely hard questions, but you know, there's just like so many and I feel like, you know, trend has gone so many, you know, different like directions and like things and how the music is changing and, mm -hmm. you know, which is pretty interesting, like changing like with your like life events, you know, on some level. Oh yeah. I'm sure every Nine Inch Nails fan is gonna say the same. <laughs> but <laughs> Well no, no, you 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 hit a really good point. That's one of my other questions I really like to ask where with Nine Inch Nails, I think that's, I, for me, this isn't the case, but with everybody else that I know, for the most part, the, the unanimous answer is a downward spiral. And like for me, yeah. it's not. Like I've recognized that that is their best, to me, that's their best record. That's their complete, it's everything. Like it, it literally runs the gamut from their weirdest shit to their craziest shit to their sexiest yep. shit. It's got, between March of the Pigs and Closer, it's pretty much nailed everything right there. And, and Piggy. Um, but I, I don't, for me, I don't know if it's because I worked it or I, with teeth is their most complete listenable album front to back. I fucking love that record. And my favorite song is also on that record, which is every day is exactly the same. Oh, interesting. This is when it got like a little bit, um, don't like to use this word, but like a little more poppy. Oh yeah. See, I'm, I'm. Lo I mean, again, love all the records with teeth. Actually, the song with teeth mm -hmm. is, ah, uh, I love it so much. So much. Like, I'm a weirdo, and I have super <laughs> bizarre but really good taste in music. You do. Where like, you do. oh, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, you do. I mean, listen, like, just so everybody knows, before this pandemic hit, like, that was the best part of being able to work together in the same office. Was that they're like, okay, sure. cool, but like. I'm like, no, just have her come work in my office so we can work together. And all we did all day was just basically swap like records back and forth on the HomePod, which is no, it's awesome. And, and it was, yeah, and it I agree. was never bad. And if it was bad, we just knew it right away. We're like, what, 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 what is this? What is this? Turn this off. <laughs> Time to switch. Time to but, switch. So like every day is exactly the same. 
great song to me it's not my favorite because it's 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 just like a little too poppy for me right oh totally but then poppy. like the weirdest shit like with teeth that i especially like like you know through that like his songs is like super super like heavy and weird and then it just like stop and drops and it goes like completely quiet and then he sings so 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 quietly and then it's like ah so great well and like like, and with teeth has that like the chorus is just it's not really a chorus it's just so yeah it's like this grinding plotting thing but like i think i think i just realized something i got a revelation about myself while talking to you about this (laughs) where it's like the i like very weird bands but i like when those weird bands make more mainstream music like that. that I'm, I'm not saying like, I like a band like Mr. Bungle making weird ass music, but my right. favorite, my favorite Mr. Bungle song is a song Retro Vertigo. That's like this weird Beach Boys kind of song. Like it's got regular song structure. And then you take a band like like a Pearl Jam or a Soundgarden. And I like their weirdest material. The bands. Yeah. So it's like I'm weird that way i guess i just realized something very strange about myself <laughs> no i mean that's that that's the thing i guess that's like my thing you know is uh if it sounds something if it sounds something strange and weird but has like a little tone to it i'm like that's it loving it loving it you know the weirder the better but totally. it has to be like it has to be good lyrics and good melodies, so let's not go too crazy here. No, 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 to- no totally. So, like, so you mentioned Pretty Hate Machine, and, and I, I would love to get your take on this because I think when they made that, there was obviously time, like, the, in the, I don't know if you watched that Jimmy Iovine, that, that documentary about him, where it took him a year to basically court Trent over to Interscope, or so he says. I, I mm-hmm. don't it, it's super crazy stories. But yeah. Like the broken EP, obviously fixed too, but broken. That's like that was my favorite. I I think if you can count that as a record, that would be my favorite because having like like pinion and 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 gave up and wish wish is the one that broke it all open for oh, me. Oh yeah, because that I mean... that was on Headbangers Ball. Like speaking about MTV for you, like here Nine Snails was basically an alternative band because of Pretty Hate Machine. They were on 120 minutes. They were on Alternative Nation. They were they were, you know, they 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 did the first Lollapalooza of course, which is amazing in 91, but they weren't they weren't considered a heavy band until they dropped Wish. And when that happened, I went to the store immediately and bought the EP. Like overnight, I was already kind of a fan on the fringes, but that turned me into an. I was twelve. Like that, it was everything. It was like heavy, aggressive. The lyrics were filthy. Like that was everything. Yes. To this day, that's all I want out of a song, right? No, I mean seriously, and that's like the most amazing thing. You know, you had like access to that, and especially when you're a kid, you just like you impressed by like so many things but also i guess at the time and bless my mom you know she was on board with anything i would listen because my friends were definitely like alina where are you listening to <laughs> i was like leave me alone i'm listening to Danish nails and placebo the placebo actually were like not super heavy but you know all yeah. of my friends definitely were like weirded out and they were like what are you listening to i'm like you don't understand good music and you know the heavier the better <laughs> yeah and then of course that was like golden era i guess and you know when that type of genre you know it was like in 
what like mid late 90s mm -hmm. and that's where like mtv broke everything in russia at least you know for me right, right. <laughs> But um, it's just like, yeah, that excitement when you go and you're like buying a record, which was CD for me at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, same, same. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And I remember like listening to the songs like again in the radio. There was like a rock station or something like in Russia. And I had like my little boom box and I would just like record songs from the radio and I make my own mixtapes. And that was fun. <laughs> I mean, that, that was that was the same thing we were doing here. I mean, it, it, like literally the exact same thing. Or like we'd call up a radio station and, and request a song and then just sit there by your boombox for hours waiting for them to play it and like waiting by the record button. And Well, the, the only difference with me is you would call a station to request a song. I couldn't call a station. I didn't have a phone. <laughs> have a so phone. I was just like... <laughs> So I would just like literally sit and listen every freaking day, just like all day long, be ready to like press this record button. Wait, so it, all right, so I, I have to know. So explain the no phone situation. Like, is this just a thing there at the time? At the time, yeah. So basically, having a phone that was like in a way luxury. Again, we, you know, it wasn't this way like in big cities. Like I'm from the small city, so like to have a like landline phone. You have to be like in a list and the waiting list was like, I don't know, a few years long or whatever the case. And the problem why it was happening, because not all of the neighborhoods in my town had those phone lines. So they had to put a phone lines underneath and that was taking a long, long time. Right. So anyway, and it's yeah, it's you know, when I talked to all of my friends, I was like, Yeah, I remember no phones and we were hanging out and then like before and they're like, Alina, what do you know? You're so young. I'm like, actually <laughs> I'm from Russia. We are legit ten years behind, so I do know. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, it. but that's gotta be so wild for you too, that coming here. And then it's just like an overload of technology. I mean, it is, I'm sure, in, you know, like you said, in Moscow, St. Petersburg now, but it's like here. I was talking about this last night with Anna. There's this really great new special that we're trying to get through. It's pretty glitchy, but it's like basically the history of the, of the, the, the dawning of MTV. And just oh. going from 1980, 81, as they were developing, building it, to where we are now, which is my lifespan. It's 40 years. It's insane where we went from to where we are now. If you even if you look back like three, four, five years and look at the phone you had, or you know, or look at an iPod, it's just or like like you know, an older MacBook or something like that. It's just things are moving so fast. So for you, like to not have a phone, and then now nineteen years later to have everything literally within, you know, like arms, fingers reach. It's got to be pretty. Yeah, great, you know. I mean, it is. It's you know, it it happened gradually ish i guess the last 10 years definitely were pretty crazy you know yeah. as soon as the iphone came out but you know it's uh yeah it was like good times though you know without like phones oh, people man. not flaking at you, you know? <laughs> I know, I know. and it was like some kind of like romanticism about that as well um you know you just like i had to stay up like i said like you know i figure out really quickly they play in some good music, but they play way better music, like more alternative heavy stuff, like after like 11 p.m. on MTV. So like I would stay up and I had that little notebook. So and, you know, like an MTV when they play in music videos and they 
tell you. Like in the beginning of the music video, they tell you what's the artist, what's the name of the song, and right. then at the end. Mm -hmm. So I would watch that, and if I like it, and I had, I still have that notebook with me in LA, where oh. I write down the artist, and then the name of the song, and then you know, I went to the library to pick up that magazine because they had it every month <laughs> and I would do my research and trying to figure out who's that artist that was like before like you know late 90s before um before like internet and computers and everything but um yeah it was kind of cool in a way I guess <laughs> no you, you're you're hitting on something that's so amazing where you know I talked about it in another episode but like this is beyond obviously where it's like there's there's fandom in in what you went through like it's almost like you went through all this for a band and in turn you're gonna fucking love this band like you put in your time you, you put in the devotion where now if you get a song to your release radar and your apple music playlist that are served to you and you're like eh, i don't really fuck with this that's it it's out of sight out of mind but the work it took to invest in a band that's why i think the bands that stick with you, especially now more than ever for people that are like your age to my age and a little older, that the bands that you find in your youth or that, that connect with you early, that you put in the work, you found the magazine clippings or for you, like you stayed up late at night taking notes like those. Those are the bands that are going to be your favorite bands forever. And it's going to be harder and harder to connect with newer bands because you're never going to be able to replicate that kind of dedication. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, you know, it's as amazing as what we have, you know, just like one click and you don't even need to like, you know, of course, we still buy albums like primarily vinyl, right? Right. But with streaming services and everything, the fact that everything is available, like, I don't even need to click anything. I just talk to my Sonos, you know, and they will play everything right. I want. Right, right. So it's, it's pretty amazing. But at the same time, I feel like our attention span is not the same, but you know it's um it's quite amazing like the music that you listen like in your youth somehow i discovered it all on my own like nobody introduced me to that and you know bless my mom she um you know she was on board with everything <laughs> so she was like that sounds pretty crazy i don't know what they're singing about but it's a little bit heavy for a girl no you don't think so and like, like no you know like <laughs> 12 year old be like you don't understand nothing <laughs> you know yeah but i and mean <laughs> you know it's like it, that, that, that's a wonderful thing though i mean like you're not your your parents aren't supposed to really fuck with what you like and you know but if you if you're if you're fortunate enough to have a cool parent or somebody that understands art or music just nice to at least like okay i don't like this but you just go do that maybe a little quieter in your bedroom <laughs> Well, that was one thing for sure. So I was never quiet and I still have that till these days. I It's probably, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but um, when I like and I listen to the music, like you, you, you haven't, you know, been in my place yet, but I like to listen to my music very loud, you know, especially like when it's something like I'm in a mood, like, you know, and a lot of times with like nine inch nails and like something like heavy, I have to play it loud. And a lot of times since like I was a kid, I don't know what's up with that. That was a thing. I was about 10 years old. I had my little boom box. I would open the window. I was living in the second floor in this apartment building. I would put the boom box out of the window 
and I just crank it up oh, all the way because no. I was like, no, I want everyone to listen to this great music. <laughs> <laughs> that was my thing. And like, keep in mind, fast forward like all this like years, right? To 2020, you know, I live like on the first floor and like have a little party in the garden. Like even now, you know, when I'm blasting my music, I'm like, no. I want to open my door and my windows. People need to know. They need to know good news. I'm just pe- I'm just picturing the poor people of, of your town as you flip the boombox, blasting like year zero, this dystopian fucking wasteland of a yep. record. And they're like, what have I done? What have I done to have to listen to this? Well, I mean, it's 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 pretty amazing, and uh, you know, my neighbors now are like super cool, and you know, yeah, yeah. they chill. But there's definitely like been a few times where like you know, my neighbor like came in like at three p.m. on a Saturday. I was like, Alina, I'm trying to watch TV, and then like you know, I have like Rammstein blasting. <laughs> he was like, Can you please turn it down? It's just so damn loud. I cannot hear my TV. I was like, Oh, oh. I'm like, Okay. I just thought you might enjoy. No. I oh, just okay. Fine. You might enjoy. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> So um, let, let me. So I, I'm super curious to know this. So you, so you, you're living in St. Pete. And you moved to LA. What, where was the first? What was the first time that you saw nails here? Um. Well. Oh. Oh. Oh God. Actually, I saw them twice in Florida. So they came oh, okay. to Orlando first, and then I was. Uh, they came to Tampa. Mm. So I went and saw them in Tampa. I think. Oh God! If memory serves me well, I think it was a Staples Center in 2013. Ah. That show, I remember. I think that was the first because I moved to LA early 2010. I don't think there was a show before. I think it was Staples in 2013. Was and, that uh, was that the tour with Soundgarden as well? No, no. Oh no, no. They, they they did. I think I want to say they did two nights at the Greek on that run, and I'm so pissed I missed it. Oh my god! I know. Yeah, I know. I failed. Um, oh yes, that one. I was at that one, but actually, that one was great. But I got so drunk at the end that I remember. That's like, a long night. It was like Dillinger Escape I, Plan, Soundgarden, yep, Nine Inch Nails. It's a long no, night. It's um. It was definitely a fun night, but it's for sure was like my steel potty years, you know, like yeah. in LA. I, I feel like everyone have them when you move to LA. You was like, yeah, let's hit every after party and oh. let's do everything we can and drink everything we offered. So <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun. The Greek show was really fun, but yeah. that was for the first time it hit me where I'm like, okay. We only remember half of the show. Maybe let's not drink as much next time yeah, you go maybe, to maybe the not. show. Oh. <laughs> But, that, but um, that that's really cool that you've been able to see them through the like through these latter, not the latter years of the band, but just latter years of. I mean, because we were we were both. I mean, I was too young to see them in the early days, but then for you to hop on like basically the second you land here in the states, and then to be oh, yeah. and to be seeing them ever since. But have you? So w- w- I'm when it comes to the band, there's it's so interesting because there's like these different layers to what nine inch nails is where they're, you know, almost like Beck in a way, but way more. And like Nick cave, somebody else that, you know, as well, there's a lot of film scoring. There's a lot of avant-garde works like, yep. the, like the ghosts, uh, records. 
how do you like how do you in the Nine Inch Nails canon, like the Nine Inch Nails universe, where do those records sit for you? Like how does like like the Atticus Ross stuff or like the Ghost records or like where do those all kind of sit for you? Like I know you like them, but like what what are your relationship was, to those? I I was just gonna say you know damn well I do like them. I know because... I like them too. <laughs> I extensively like listened to them, you know, when we were like back in the office. I, I yeah. still remember, I still remember <laughs> the night when I was working late and you were gone and I put like Gone Girl soundtrack, you know, by Trent Reznor and like I turned down the lights and I remember Dan walking into the office. He's like, what is going on? Is this some scary, scary movie with music playing? I was like, no, Dan, it's Trent Reznor. For the for reference here, Dan is my boss, so it's he's probably like, who did he hire? What is going on in this office? Because because like we also work in an office that is just not. I mean, at the we're now moving to a new space, but this this office is not exactly built for the for music industry people where we don't our hours are all hours and the office basically shuts off power at 7 p.m every night so if you're working after seven like the lights come down the air turns off it's not there's no power on the weekends like it's a it's a not a great place so so (laughs) i can just picture the whole vibe in that little office right now that, that that I loved so hard because I was like, oh, you know, this music actually just because, you know, there is like no lyrics and anything it doesn't distract me. So it's easy right. to work. And he was just like, what is going on here? Can you summon in demons? I was like, really funny. I'm like, nope, but I do enjoy this music. It's like really scary. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, well, no, but the, the, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so tell me, tell me about it. I I love it like I love it. I mean I love pretty much everything Trent does. It's gonna sound super dumb and like big, you know, like fangirl for sure, but you know, it's it's kind of like on a different level and to me again you have to remember that, you know, I fell in love with the music before I even know like what the lyrics were all about. So like the music itself is a big big aspect of me you know loving his you know whatever he creates so it's absolutely completely different but you know there's definitely like been times and you know in my life and like things happening where like he's doing a lot of score work obviously where it was just like oh my god it's it's so 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 perfectly my mood right now and obviously the last record it's more of a you know him doing stuff with like Atticus Ross and you know it's it's in a completely different like lane and I'm sure like I know some fans like oh this is not like old nine inch nails and whatever but you know I also enjoy that and I do appreciate when band I don't know if it's the right word to say like evolve, but you know, definitely going through some changes and like you have to go through some changes, you know, like you're growing, you're like feeling different. It is a completely different music. Like, well, it's a different, you band. know, it's a, it's a different band. I think you brought up a really good point. Right. You know, it's right. A, Nine Inch Nails is almost more of a collective around Trent Reznor. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it sits well with me, but you know, I listen actually to, you know, Ghost 5 and 6, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
quite often and I like really I really 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 like it but then like you know he has like some weird stuff like you know shit mirror from like bad witch and mm -hmm. it's like super random but it's like such a gem you know yeah but is it you know it's a completely different set of feelings and you know is it the same as like terrible lie that I totally love and like definitely in a mosh pit all the time he plays it you know no it's different vibe but then again he's so talented like that right we have like beautiful like ballads and songs like hurt and then we have something like march of peaks where like literally like a mosh pit anthem for me <laughs> yeah no, of course no that's legendary yeah and um you know, I, I like it all. I like it all. It's completely different story. He, uh, how about you? Like, wh what are you? How you feel about? Well, I mean, you. I I always forgot. I forgot about Bad Witch because I always like that. Like between Bad Witch and Add Violence, what I, I I that those EPs have that juxtaposition that I think a lot of the Nine Inch Nails earlier stuff it, it does have. But I, mean, I I like things. I guess maybe in a more concise manner. So you look at a song like Less Than. That's one mm -hmm. of, probably one of the best songs he's had in the past decade, in my opinion. But the rest of the EP is so experimental. It hits kind of both strides. Yeah, I mean, look, you you, you I love post-rock instrumental stuff big like shoegazy shit like i love like russian circles and you know um god is an astronaut and all these bands that have definitely taken cues from nine inch nails but or band like pelican where it's just i don't need i don't need vocals like the the, the song the music the soundscapes they don't need vocals and i go through periods of time where i'll listen to nothing but instrumental music for weeks at a time yeah and you know like you said it's uh it's just like i appreciate when the band and the artist you know because it is trance really mm -hmm. <laughs> you know go through like experimental like experimental stuff where you're like oh okay this is different okay but are you trying something new and you know i always appreciate it except for a lot of times you don't align with the experimental music they do and then you're like okay you know like when Corn went like there was like an album was like totally dubstep and I was like I appreciate the effort <laughs> not a cup of tea but cool you know I respect that yeah but, I mean they they you know, they tried it was not good but they tried no but that's what I'm saying I, I respect artists like you know to like the creativity and trying to see like different ways not just like you know stick to one thing because you are you are evolving you are growing like your life's changing you're changing it's really important but so it to happen you know with like trend music i'm i, I was right there i was feeling the same i was like yeah, yeah <laughs> i'm into that no but that but that that's great that's really great i mean i think that it's it's just it, there's you got to think about the band like I wonder if if because it is almost like a collective kind of like a Queens of the Stone Age was for the first four or five records where there was no right. band there was just Josh and then a cast of characters and I think due to drugs or whatnot but that's what it was and I think I wonder if he could have made the music he's making now with Jordy or with Chris Verena or the five minutes that Richard Patrick from Filter was in the band or probably not it probably would have been a very different animal and I think that he. Of course. I don't want to project that, but I feel that he knows when when the time is up. Like when it's like, okay, I've done this, I've done it better than anybody, or I've done it to death. Now I'm moving on to do this, and I think that he's now found his partners for 
or pardon, especially in Atticus, but he's found his, he, I, it feels that he's comfortable being Nine Inch Nails now more than ever. That's just what it feels like to me. I listen, I absolutely agree. And not only that, but also there was like a time and place, you know, for this music. Don't get me wrong. There is still time and place, mm -hmm. but like early 90s, like I got, I would give like five years of my life if I could go and see them like in 90s, like uh, especially that Woodstock performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, just legendary. insane. I know. It's insane. And look, I, like I lived through that, but I was too young to kind of, you know, obviously be a Woodstock 94. I mean, I was old enough. I was going to shows, but I no way I would have been able to travel to Woodstock to see that. But I mean, it's just it was very that was the thing about that time is that there was there was never um how do i put this there was never there were genres and there were scenes which we don't really have as much anymore because of the internet and not to sound like an old guy but we don't like you're never going to have another no there's never going to be i agree yeah. with you seattle will never happen again the houston hip hop explosion will never happen again it just won't there's micro scenes but it just it felt like we had all our bases covered in the early and mid 90s it felt like if you if you liked you know Nirvana, but you went a little weirder. We also had Sonic Youth and the Melvins. If you liked White Zombie, but yep. you wanted to get a little more industrial, we had Nine Inch Nails and Front Two Four Two. If you liked the Chili Peppers and you know Soundgarden, but you wanted to get a little weirder, we had Faith No More. There was something for literally everybody, and even our bad bands were still like fine, you know. So it was just yeah, I feel very fortunate to have lived through the last of whatever that was. It was awesome. That's a really good point. You know, now that we're talking about that, I agree with you. I I guess I caught like, well, I, you know, I wasn't really going up in the show in my small hometown in Russia, but, you know, it, it's it, at least kind of like relieved those experiences in like one way or another. It's, we're really lucky. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. It's, just like incredible you know right now it's just like overload of information and you're like oh what no i can't even no, i can't even listen much. to like new music it's like i just keep listening to the same old songs and i was like okay i just love them so much i know because and i was like is this bad no it's not bad look it's always good to keep up with what's going on but it doesn't mean that you have to like it like like i appreciate the fact that sure. you know like i, I appreciate the fact that there's always always like somebody like Billie Eilish who has literally changed the game in a way for modern culture in a very similar way you know arguably but hey Dave Grohl feels this way so fuck it who am I to argue with him it's his fucking band in the same way Nirvana did for my generation so absolutely and just like with Nirvana there's a million copycats for Billie that are completely superfluous and unnecessary but it doesn't mean that I have to enjoy it it just means that I have to respect that this is this is what's supposed to happen well, I just feel like back in the days, the way music was consumed was a lot more different than it is right now. Oh, yeah. Right now, it's just like so easily accessible, which is a great thing. But again, it's like, you know, information overload, music overload. Like at the time, you know, you got a good point where I'm like, I had to go to the library and like going through all this like magazine and like find out like the interview and learn more about like my favorite artist that I like list like saw on MTV the day before and wrote it down in my little notebook, you know, like you, you put effort and it actually like, yeah, it means something and it's like makes it like more precious. And then it's funny now I'm just like going back in my head. 
my bedroom was like I had posters all over my yeah, walls. We all did, I still yeah. That. Oh my no, god, do, do you have, do you have a picture terrible. of that? I uh I have to dig in. I think summer in my I had a printout pictures with my mom back home. I I might have it in like old hard drive. I have to dig through. I might so have curious. so <laughs> so curious. <laughs> It's one thing I remember my mom was just like yelling at me, I was like, You gotta like mess up all the wallpaper. What are you doing? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, Let me alone. This same is my thing. bedroom. Same thing. Yeah. And same thing. I, Miles. I, I just I just feel like, you know, the way we consume music and it's again, that's why I love buying records, you know, like vinyl. It's the cool thing where you like open it and you have a little booklet and it's like there is a little sticker it's like little things right and i was like oh my god it's just like so amazing and it feels real i mean keep in mind when i was growing up i was there was actually like cassettes and cds i wasn't fancy with vinyl but you know now i have like a great you know record player and i just like appreciate this so much and like oh that's something that i can hold and it's it's just like amazing like sitting in the evening and you know just like putting like in a different like side b it's it it, it's completely different from like you know hey no totally and 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 nine inch nails specifically and like kudos to interscope back in the day for going through because this must have been a nightmare but like look at the downward spiral the cd and also the cassette they came housed in an O card, so there was this, which is like the the cardboard box that it's housed in, which is an added cost, an added added time, and then the booklet was so thick that in the CD, the O card, then the booklet, which was basically like a mini book, and then the CD came in a slimline, like a almost like a like a like a CD import case that slipped in, and then the cassette, it was like this super thick, this fat like fucking cassette that it was so cool that it stood out in the stores and you just you just knew from the jump that like even with like broken and and fixed which were like these fold out digipacks that that were shaped like a cross and then if you got the initial pressing of broken it came with this little mini three inch cd i didn't get the initial pressing i but like the i think it's like track 98 and 99 like the adamant cover and like the other song that's on there as well but like they put he put so much thought into it was like he was Jack White before Jack White as far as like creativity in presentation. So it's interesting you saying that because I we did not get any of that in Russia. Mm. So back in the days like nineties and well into two thousands, so the like piracy was a huge huge problem in like Europe and like Russia specifically. So. Most of the cassettes and CDs I was buying, like, you know, it's gotten better later on, but it was actually like not the actual copies, but that's, that's the only thing that would be available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I would go and like buy a cassette, but it would be like, you know, just like printed front cover art. And then like you open it and it's just like white inside and just like track listed. (laughs) So, which is like, it's quite amazing. Like, you know, it's, I feel like that's like another thing that makes me so appreciative or, you know, living in LA and working in the industry and obviously like having like to work with like my favorite bands and Mm -hmm. artists where 
I was like, we couldn't even get the actual normal <laughs> album. That was like all like pirate bullshit, you know? Oh my God. So. Yeah. They know, I, I, and, you know, Russian piracy was like a huge deal. Even when I would travel to Europe, uh, I went when I was 13 and it was like, I bought, I bought bootlegs and I got back to the hotel and it was like nothing. They were blank. I was super bummed. Like Guns N' Roses oh. and Metallica shows on tape and they were blank. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, it was like super bad, but it was like, you know, Netherlands, like an exciting thing. Sometimes you would be able to get like the actual real copy, which like costs like four times more than like, you know, all the like bootleg copies. Damn, damn. But, you know, it, it was still like an exciting thing. And I feel like that in a way, like, you know, with like Nine Inch Nails, it's like every time, again, I saw them seven times, right? And uh, God, every time I go see them, I'll tell you there is like, very few bands that I will never gonna get tired seeing them live and Nine Inch Nails is one of them like if you actually ever get to witness me at the show <laughs> you know you'll think like I'm freaking crazy because I, love it. I, love I just it. like you know I go for that and uh, it's oh we're talking about that and I'm just like I god I miss live shows so so much I know that's like I know it's 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 like one band where I completely like lose it where like you know my neck is like half broken <laughs> next day because I was like head banging and you know just like totally in a pit um which um which speaking of that 2013 show at the staples um was actually quite amazing um they ended up releasing it on like dvd i think mm. that particular show oh that's um, awesome yeah and um so I remember I was so excited because it's been like a few years since last time I saw them. And I'm just like, it's just such a different feeling when you go into the show and it's your favorite artist and there's like still some mystery, you know, you, you don't have to like, you don't work with them. So you don't get to say like, oh, this guy is a dick. Or like you have to think <laughs> about like, oh, shit, like we have deadlines for this, you know, whatever. Right, right. And you're just like there as a fan. And uh, so... <laughs> really funny back in the days um you know when i first moved to la and i started going to all of the shows and la 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 i was like so russian i would go to all these like rock shows like wearing like stilettos i kid you not like i don't know what was wrong with me but i was like full-on leather pants like high heels i love it because you're, and... you're always like rob you don't understand i was so russian and i'm like i <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll have to find you some pictures and show you, like, it's just like, I mean, you know, I was feeling it and it was great. So um, we got tickets to go see Nine Inch Nails at Staples and, you know, I'm wearing my, like, platform high heels, you know, like, leather pants, red lips with my girlfriend. And I'm like, we're going up front, like, I'm not sitting in the back, you know, that's like another thing is like, I'm like, front of the house gal you know yep. this is how you have to experience music for sure and uh i remember i'm standing there and then you know they about to like go in on stage or i think i think they started playing like the first song came in and all the crowd at staples just like pushed really hard from behind yeah you know n like not a fun feeling especially when you're like a tiny female no definitely not my 
my girlfriend completely freaked out. She's like, I can't do this. I'm going in the back. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm like, you good, right? I'm like, cause I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> a true, so, a true fucking fan. So I ended up like, I was up front the entire night wearing those damn high heels, you know, right in a mosh pit, jumping. Thank God there's usually like, you know, I get make friends with like guys. It was like a big guy behind me who was kind of like shielding me from everything. And it was just like so freaking amazing. Like I had the best time of my life, but of course, like any other shows. And um and and another like fun part, it's I don't know why obviously like hurt is such a personal song, which it's I'm sure like it's it's very you know, it's very personal to to a lot of people. Yeah. Um I just like every time he plays it and I'm like I cry. <laughs> no, it, it's a, it's a you know? beautiful like that that song and then something I can never have. Those songs. Oh my god, yes. That song gets me more than hurt. Like to me hurt almost became Johnny Cash's after after that. Like I mean I know that it's I, I that's sacrilegious. I know it's it's a nine snail song. You know what I mean though? That became yeah. like that's the version I hear in my head now. That's how striking that version was. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It, it just I, I mean, I love Johnny Cash, I love the nine snails, but something about the way that he you know, that he ended his life, you know, what have you, but with, right. so, with something I can never have, that song is just fucking heartbreaking and i that's the one that gets me i think the way that that hurt gets a lot of people i mean, hurt also amazing crushing song but wow that that and, and those are the ballads on the first record yeah and it's you know it's interesting because maybe because i've just gone through a lot of dark times with her mm-hmm. you know i know it sounds very cliche but you know, it's like really kind of like relates on a different level. Yeah. But um, so anyway, I'm at the show and he plays. He actually does not play hurt a lot live. No. So that was quite amazing. He played it at the Staples. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm just like sitting there, like crying, my mascara, I'm a fucking mess, you know, <laughs> like. And uh, so, and like really weird thing, like I'm like legitimately like crying, and I'm like right up front, and you know, they have like this little like kind of like a barrier, and they have like security guys. If like somebody gets smooshed, like people like taking you out and pushing you right in the back, of course, you right, know, right? Of course. So like I'm standing there like full on crying. And then, like, the security guy, like, sees that I'm crying and he thinks that I'm just, like, I'm getting hurt. Like, you know, actually physically hurt in the crowd. Oh, and no. he's, like, trying to, like, drag me out, you know, like, getting out, like, through the fence, like, to take me out. But I'm, like, no, no. I was, like, <laughs> he's going to take me out. He's going to send me to the back. No. Yeah, I ain't you going back there. Like, yeah, and I'm just, like, no, I'm okay. I'm, like, just trying to explain him that I'm, like, crying because of the song. Like, I'm not actually physically hurt. And um, so that was, like, pretty funny because he was, like, trying to, like, get me out because it was, like, right up front. And I'm, like, no, no, no. I'm, like, it's I'm going to go to the back. It's fucking amazing. And then, uh, yeah, and then at the end, um, so uh, it's – Call me liar, whatever, but that's how I remember that. Like, I was right up front, and at some point, like, I've met, like, you know, um, eyes with Trent. Uh-huh. That happened. <laughs> like, that happened. That's how I remember that. 
So that was like pretty cool. And then that was their last song on the set. And you know, like how like at the end they like basically like throwing like the guitar picks, whatever. Yeah. So I ended up like catching one <laughs> randomly, which was like pretty amazing. And uh, it was like funny because like, you know, I kind of like caught it. And then like 10 guys just like jump on top of me. Oh. And I was like, for fuck's sake. Oh my like, God, fanboys, like... come on, come on. I know, but it was like, it was like pretty funny because I feel like, you know, it's just like the fact that our like eyes met maybe mm -hmm. like he like thought and like whatever you know was like thrown my way i don't know but let me tell you i didn't even like really care about like the guitar pick. i'm like okay whatever because like at that time i was already like had my like first job in music and i'm like ah like i'm fine i don't need this you know right I mean? right right and then like the guys just like jumping on me like trying to fight me and i was like oh my god like what is going on it's hella emotional dudes um, yeah so, but uh, it, it was pretty amazing so you know the question i always like to end this with i can't really ask you so i'm gonna ask you another question which we didn't get to which is fine because usually it's like hey there's a band like if we're talking about a band like the Beatles or talking about a band like, you know, who cares? Does it matter? Like Sublime? I don't know, whatever. It's like, do they have any song, any sexy songs, any like seductive songs? Yeah, Nine Inch Nails literally has got that shit covered. We don't need to go there. So, so if, many. So many. And like the most obvious one, obviously. But it's like that's just the tip of the iceberg with this band. So if there was what I want to ask you is that what's the weed? What's the gateway drug song for this band like if you were introducing somebody that has never heard the band to nine inch nails where do you start them very good question i again since like their music just spans from like completely super nonsense heavy to very melodic mm -hmm. to the most beautiful songs ever i would see you know depending on the person and depending what they like right right so for somebody you know again terrible lie had like a whole my like old time like hell yeah Same. you know but then like he has like things like la mer that is like mm -hmm. absolutely like beautiful you know um so yeah I, I think that would really depend on the person and if like i knew what the person would be like into that but um i um uh, you I'm know what you. i was i was really like there was a period of my life where i would just like swear by the fragile mm -hmm. like it's still one of my favorite songs oh it's so good uh, it's so good. i i mean i guess if i had to like pick generally it's probably would be the fragile that's it's that whole record Ugh, we, we could talk about that forever but i i agree with you i think that head like a hole i think that's where you i mean I like to do things chronologically anyway, but I think Head Like a Hole encompasses everything that that band not not has become, but that's just a great starting point. Like that like if you hear that and you don't fuck with that song, then this band is not for you. You're never going to like anything else they do. That, I mean, that's how I feel. I think Head Like a Hole first of all, I have no idea how you can not like that song. But Right? Right? But if you start there, all you're going to want to do is hear more. You're gonna to want to hear down on it. You're gonna to want to hear terrible lie. You're gonna want like that's just the, that. That to me is the gateway drug. 
it's just there is like so many eras and like periods of nine inch nails where like where do you even start like i mean i guess you you start from the beginning but again see like for me i didn't really start in the beginning you know right, I, right. I, I kind of like nine inch nails music came to me like later in in life in a way you know and I've, I've started with like later like albums and then i you know i rediscovered pretty hate machine and i was like wow this is like bitching like yeah. you know obviously like i knew had like a whole and terrible lie but like when i listened to the entire album i was just like whoa you know because obviously it came out like in 89 i was mm -hmm. like baby <laughs> yeah I mean, you know uh, yeah so and i had no idea what the fuck he was talking about so while i was alive and buying <laughs> tapes and such i was like yeah i don't i don't really know what's going on here but i really do like it but that's that goes to show you that you know you pretty much can start anywhere in their catalog and you know it will grow on you you know and and you can like go back and like listen to you know, like earlier records or, or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Alina, this has been awesome. And I, I'm, I couldn't be happier to do this with you on the eve of your birthday. Um, it has been, you know, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on the podcast, talking about Nine Inch Nails. I want, I, at some point, I want to have you back to talk about placebo because I think that that's going to be, I think that you have so much to dork out on about that that I don't think we've even, like, I don't even think we've, like, you know, scratched the surface with you and that band. Yeah, I would love to. So thank you so much for being a wonderful host and having me. And, uh, yeah, that was a really, always a fun conversation, especially when we're talking about music. Hello. This is literally, <laughs> for anyone that's listening, like, this is literally just us having a conference call. So, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Alina, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Grossed Out Podcast. We will see you soon.